Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. We're recording here. Uh, hello, Be Awesome listeners. This is McGuire's episode of Be Awesome Take Two. I have to tell you, I had the best episode of a podcast I've ever done, and it's always the one you can't find. Uh, it has disappeared on the cloud somewhere. But I have the uh, pleasure of talking with Neil Levine from from uh, McGuire's Bar and Grill in Eastern Massachusetts, and they're just doing some amazing things. As uh, I shared with you yesterday, my podcast for the time being is going to be every day, fast and furious, local folks making a difference in my hometown of Easton. And uh, Neil and his team are doing some amazing things, more than just pushing boxes out the door. So Neil, first of all, welcome. And part two, we've got video of you. So this is going to be on YouTube later. This is great. Oh boy, I'm excited. <laughs> so, so, so Neil, you've been, you've been around uh, the Easton area here with your restaurant for 27 years. The first take, I told the story, I'll tell it on this one is, you know, my, one of my first drinks as a 21-year-old was at your bar. Uh, it is an is a, a amazing institution in the community. Um, and, you know, you guys we were talking, you know, weather to storm, where you went from 30,000 vehicles past your restaurant every day to uh, a lot less because the road went to a one-way with construction and everything for about seven, mi- seven months. And now all of a sudden coronavirus hits. So you've been, you've been battling for a while here. Well, you know, and like Josh, you can't control events that are out of your hands. All you can control is the way you react to things yeah. that happen around you. And that's what we're doing. You got to react and you got to change and you got to adapt and do the best you can with the circumstances that God gives you. Yeah. And so you're, you're, you've got, uh, you've got, you've got um, how many seats in the restaurant? Uh, we see, uh, we're licensed for about 85 seats, roughly 24 okay. tables, you know, 10 stools at the bar. And so today there's none being filled. Uh, that is any, correct. In any restaurant in Massachusetts, for that matter. And, uh, you know, as, as a couple of weeks ago, um, well, you, I mean, share with us some of the stuff you were doing before the coronavirus. I mean, the, I think part of the reason why you're so prepared now is because you were preparing beforehand with the, the added cleaning of menus and things I never even knew about. Yeah, so what we did basically when, when the outbreak started to happen, we watched trends across the world. And we changed our entire interior operation of the restaurant before we had the restaurant shut down. So what we did is we looked at everything that we do in the front of the house that you as a customer would put your hands on or touch. And mm-hmm. we said, let's eliminate that from the entire service process. So we took everything off the tables, ketchup bottles, mustard bottles, sugar containers, plates, forks, napkins, anything that would be on a table that completely came off the tables. No one had an opportunity to contaminate from the outside something that you as a customer would touch and nothing would get passed on. Mm-hmm. And we were able to eliminate from the entire service process all those points of contact. Mm-hmm. And the only thing left out of the whole service process was the table and the seat, which we always sanitized for 27 years, mm-hmm. and the menus, which we used to sanitize on a, you know, a regular basis a few times a day. What we started doing is sanitizing the menus between every service. So every time you sat down, you were going into a completely sanitized, clean environment. That was the first step we took. And that took us about, you know, we, 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 we wrote all of our operating procedures, kind of opened up almost like a new restaurant. And we did that about two or three weeks ago. And I was watching the trends across the world as far as shutdowns and what was called essential, what wasn't called essential. The environment that we're operating in right now, we knew that was going to happen. We expected it to happen maybe four or five days, mm-hmm. you know, later than it actually did. It happened a little bit sooner than we thought it was going to happen. So we kind of had a, a framework in place. We didn't know exactly know what we were going to do or how we were going to execute it. 
but we took the time. We said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I was out to dinner with my wife and some family members on that Sunday, and I watched Baker's news conference. I had some friends at the state house send me a text. He's gonna, the governor's going to shut down all the restaurants. And so they get punched in the stomach. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, uh-oh, well, what are we going to do next? So we knew that we could do takeout and delivery. We weren't sure exactly how we were going to do it. We knew we had a plan, and we came in the next day, and we redesigned all of our operating procedures. And kind of like said, we don't know how we're going to do it, but let's do it. And we had a couple of goals in mind. Uh, actually, several goals in mind when we came up with a new business model. Number one, we wanted to keep our staff, most of whom have been here for you know over 20 years, healthy. That was our number one most important thing. Number two, we wanted to keep our staff employed. That's number two. Number three, if we can stay open and do all that, that was kind of where we went. And, and, and that's the model that we've developed now. So right now, we are in a, a no-contact uh, service model where whether you're doing curbside pickup, you do not come in contact with any of our employees. None of our employees come in contact with you. We have the same type of model for delivery where none of our, our delivery drivers come in contact with the customers. We've eliminated all the cash from the system, so everything's paid in advance by credit card. Um, and it's, it seems to be working. There's a lot of details involved with that. Uh, we've had to basically re-engineer our business with every news headline. Every time something comes out, it's like, okay, how can we stay one step ahead of what's going on in the world? We just don't want to be at what's acceptable standards. We want to be above what's accepted mm-hmm. in the community and really set the standard for what's going on out there. Yeah. And, and I mean, like you said, the, the, um, the curbside pickup, you were one of the first ones to do it. Um, you, you got a delivery model. Um, so you, you're out delivering now, which you had never done before. And the delivery model is your employees. It's not, uh, uh whatever the, uh, the delivery yeah. people are. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of delivery services because I don't control all, all the, the established all the person's deliveries. All the people that are doing our deliveries, our front of the house employees, our servers, our bartenders, some of our front door staff, they all know the strict standards that we want. They know the quality of the food that we're trying to serve. They know the customer model that we're trying to adhere to. So by using our own employees, it it creates a couple of goals. Number one, it keeps people working. Mm -hmm. And number two, the the standards that we expect for our food, our service, and our sanitation, we know are being adhered to with every delivery. Right. And, And those deliveries come with a $5 delivery fee. And, uh, that's correct. And, and that delivery fee goes to the person that's making the delivery. We're trying to, again, get income into our people that are working here. We don't take any of that delivery fee. It goes all to our service and bartenders and, and the people that drive the cars. Yeah, I think, that's the, I think that's the single greatest thing that people should really take away in regards to delivery because there's plenty of businesses that were doing a delivery fee and putting it in their pockets. This is going directly to those employees that otherwise will be making money as waiters and waitresses and frontline folks, bartenders that they're not getting that tip money and everything. So hats off to you for doing that and for standing by it. Cause a lot of people would just say, Hey, you're on your own, we'll pay you an hourly wage, get in your car, drive around, do stuff, hope for a tip. You're saying you're guaranteed five bucks every time you get in your car. That's pretty, pretty solid. Um, get the bandana plus, on. Plus the hourly wage, plus, plus, plus there's an hourly wage. Yeah. There's a gratuity. Um, you know, we took volunteers when this, when all this happened, I said, look, if you're not comfortable working, you don't have to work, but if you want to work, we're going to do everything we can to keep you employed. So, you know, I've got my kitchen crew working. They're on much, you know, very, very reduced hours, but mm-hmm. they're working. I got right. front of house staff, again, on reduced hours, but they're working. Right. You know, I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, uh, we got to pay the mortgage. We got to pay property taxes. We got to pay uh, insurance. Those yeah. fixed costs happen whether I open or whether I close. Mm-hmm. But if we can open up the restaurant, keep our employees safe, keep our employees working, provide good, safe, quality food to people, I don't have to make money. I can mm-hmm. lose a fox and keep this going until we get through to the other side. Yep. And that's what this is all about. And do it with a smile and be positive and give people something to, to look forward to. Yeah. 
Well, that's the whole thing is that, you know, the, uh, you were the first person that was, was uh, made to my attention that I should reach out to. And, you know, as you kind of shared and I share all the time, this is such a fluid situation that's constantly moving and changing and evolving that uh, I got behind and you, you, you reached out to me proactively. And, uh, you know, last night I started looking at, you know, your videos and all the things that you're doing and the proactive approach, the fact that you've got uh, special filters to minimize bacteria through the air and your HVAC systems. I mean, you're covering as many of those bases and dotting as many of those I's and crossing as many of those T's as anybody I've ever seen. And you're still saying positive, upbeat, optimistic. You've, you're wound for sound. I talked to you this morning at 10. I think you've got more energy now than you had uh, six hours ago. I mean, you're amped up. This is exciting stuff for you, even though it's difficult, hard, and not as lucrative as you'd like it to be. Um, where does that come from? I mean, do you just wake up with a happy pill? or I mean, what, what It comes it? from an attitude of, of life. You, you, you wake up every day. You look at yourself in the mirror, and you say, am I going to do everything I can do to be the best I possibly can? I get 44 people that work here. I'm responsible for 44 families. I got my own family. I've got a business I've built over the past 27 years with my partners. I got you know, two great partners. There's a lot of people that depend on this place, and, and, and there's a community out there that depends on this place that needs hope, that needs, needs to be uplifted. And you got to do that. Yeah. I mean, how could, how could you not, when it comes to a crisis, yeah. how can you not fight with everything you have? You know what I mean? You, you've, got, you've got choices in life. You're going to lay, lay down and die. And take it. Or you're going to give it everything and, and try and make the best with what God deals you. That's what life is all about. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, and, you know, but the problem is a lot of people aren't doing that. A lot of people are, are, you know, going down the, the road of depression and sadness and no, no easy way out. And we're never going to get out of this and all this stuff. So you're a breath of fresh air. I mean, that's the reason why I started this podcast specifically on the town of Easton, because I think every town has got a Neil and team that's making a difference and doing things. And we need to focus on those and not focus on all the negative and nonsense and all the tough things. That's all going to be there. The president and all the other people figure that stuff out. The day-to-day -day running of what you're doing is what makes the difference in, in your day, in your team's day, in your community's day. I just, uh, I was just walking in. I told Amy I had to redo the, uh, the podcast with you because the first one disappeared on the cloud. And uh, she says, hey, why don't we do a curbside pickup from McGuire's tonight? So you got a meal out of this thing for me, uh, you know, come Very nice. on the road nice. tonight. So, um, so you got I hope the you get through on the phones. Oh, you know, that's, <laughs> I'm, I was, I'm going to keep you on the line after this and do, do a podcast call in order. Um, but no, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to have, gotta I have, might let you do that if you want and we'll, we'll stay open. You know, we can do a live order. Got to have that's some perks, cute. perks and benefits to it. Um, but no, it's, uh, I am hearing the phone, the phone's ringing off the hook. I mean, how many orders are you getting here? And what does that like, what does that look like for you and your team? I mean, how's the stress level on that? So on a normal, when we're open for business, we're open to the public. We have 24 tables, about 10 stools at the bar. So we have about an hour and a half table turn on each person that comes in. So we're doing about, you know, 25, 30 tickets every hour and a half on a normal busy day. Our operators on the phones from that go time of like 4.30 to 6.30, they're handling 20 calls each. We have two people on the phones. That's 40 calls every hour, almost double the business, what we used to do in a very, very compressed amount of time. Phone's ringing off the hook. People can't get through. Um, thank God. These are good things to have, but we're missing a lot of business, but this business we probably could not handle if I could capture it. I've been working on an online portal that is kind of ready to go. I don't want to turn it on because I don't think we can handle the business. I have two more phone lines I could turn on, but I don't think we can handle the business. We're not designed for this type of thing. We've got to redesign everything we do, all of our systems, all of our recipes, all of our inventory, all of our ordering. We have supply chain, supply chain 
challenges that are, that are just, you know, every day it's a new battle of what we're going to do. We started doing a little bit of uh, free ordering, like it, in our offer. So our phones are quiet from two to four. So mm-hmm. how can we maximize our, our phones from two to four? So we're allowing people to call in at between two and four and place an order that we'll put into the kitchen at a time that they designate. I can't tell you what time it's going to be, be ready because we're just so busy. I can't say you can have your order at five o'clock, but if you put your order in at four thirty, chances are it'll be ready at like five five thirty. We'll text you when it's ready. Yesterday, I spent eight hours on the phone with my IT guy from Focus POS to try and program the system to get that to work. It's like every day there's a new challenge. Every day there's something else happening, and, and you know you got to attack it. Oh yeah, no, you got to attack it. I don't know if you can hear that noise in the background. My dog, my 150 pound South African bauble, is attacking her water bowl. So if you hear that clucking noise, that's her. that's her. She's amazing. Get him some get him some honey hots to distract him. I'm sure. sure you like that oh my gosh, she is. She her timing is impeccable. Uh, she's been quiet for, for two hours and now she's just drinking like crazy. Real, go lay down. There we go. That's a live go lay down to your dog uh, to get the, the water drinking to stop. So that's amazing that you you don't have you, you know you're 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 having to pull back the reins on some things operationally. You know, streamlining some things because you wouldn't be able to produce the number of meals because you're putting so many out. Your output is amazing. We have standards. And if I can't serve quality food in a quality way, and and, and it's not just about how much you can sell. It's about doing it right, doing it the right way, taking care of the people who are doing it, taking care care of the people who are buying it. It's just, you know, you don't want to bite up more than you can chew and then you crash and burn. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you were talking about supply chains. I mean, it's got to be tough to forecast what you're thinking people are going to buy. And then you were telling me earlier about, you know, when we were talking about the full menu, you've had to take a couple of items off because there's such low margin in the, in the, in the items that if people aren't buying drinks and buying desserts and buying other things that it's tough and it's also tough to carry. Um, so, I mean, you've yeah. got to, you've got to, you know, a lot of people probably think it's just easy. You just have somebody show up with a bunch of crates of boxes of food and you prepare it and push yeah. it out. But I mean, the, 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 the science behind everything you're doing is nothing short of like, I, my mind is blown. There was a process you said that you were figuring out, it took eight hours to redefine that, that POS system for a simple, you know, streamlining of the order process. Oh, for the, uh, and, that, and that's what, that's, that's with everything in our operation, Josh, that's for, that's from our, our ordering, from our recipes, from our preparation. We have, we have guidelines that we follow every day where we come and we take an inventory, we see what we have, this is what we have to make. Same thing with orders. We come in, we see what's on the shelf, we place our orders for the next day. So we've had to adjust those based on the one week of sales history that we've had under this business model. Yeah. But as well, all of our suppliers have changed their supply chain and the way they work. So companies that we used to get deliveries from seven days a week, now we get deliveries from them two days a week. So right. I could go on a Tuesday night and place my order for a Wednesday delivery. Now yeah. if I go on on a Tuesday night, i got to place my order for a Thursday or a Friday delivery. And it makes the forecasting of what we're selling so much difficult, especially with a new business model with only one week of history. And, and as the rules change, your, your, your flow changes constantly. So it's like, you know, uh, you know, the fresh produce, the fresh seafood is, is, is such a challenge. And yeah. then they're like basic staple products like chicken. We're like, it seems like we're the only guys operating sometimes. And our suppliers tell us, well, I can't get you the chicken you're buying. All I have is 10 cases. You know, I have 30 cases left of the chicken you buy. And mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to get the next order because I'm not going to run a tractor trailer up in the middle of the west part of the country just for your chicken. So I have to take, you know, a three-week supply of chicken, freeze some of it, not knowing we're going to be open in two weeks because who knows what the next headline is going to be. So you're taking a gamble. Do I put the money out on the street and, yeah. and take that product in so I can continue to operate? Or do I not take the gamble? It's like the, the, the choices are, are mind-blowing. 
Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and restaurants are closing. Uh, they're just closing for either for the time being or permanently. We're going to lose a lot of restaurants. We're going to lose a lot of good restaurants and all this. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of startup restaurants. I mean, this, the success rate of a restaurant, especially in 27 years, is, is unheard of as a rule. I mean, you don't have a lot of long time lasting restaurants and chains, but so they, you know, they're constantly starting up. This is going to affect a lot of people, but it's going to affect the, the people that are supplying those those food, food lines too, because they got to start their trucks and they got to go out and they got, you know, their deliveries to fill and they don't have those to fill. They're going to do, you know, twice a week instead of every day. Uh, for, you want toilet paper, come back in May. You know, it's one of those crazy yeah. things right now. It's just, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. The, the, the ripple effects of what's going on in the industry are going to be felt for a long time. I've been on the phone with, you know, several colleagues that have highly successful restaurants. Some will keep going. Some have had to throw in the towel. You know, they're good people. They're good operators. They put their heart and their soul into everything that they do. And it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking to see what's going on. And, and people have to make choices about what's right with them. Yeah. As I, you know, I told you earlier, I'm very blessed that we have a great staff. I have, you know, two great partners. We've been together for 35 years, even though we've been open for 27. We used to work together for you on the restaurant. I couldn't do this alone. It, it, it's, it's, the success is attributed to them as much yeah. as it is to anybody else. You know, I, I'm just a, a, a part of the card. Everyone from the dishwasher to the prep cook to the, to the bartender to the guy working the fry later to the girls running the delivery, everybody, it doesn't happen without everyone coming together and, you know, keeping everybody upbeat. People are scared. This is a scary time and, 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 and keeping people happy and, and motivated and focused and, and everyone working to the same goal. It's, it's such a challenge. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm sitting, I, you know, and I'm, I think I'm pretty good in, uh, in business and, and problem solving and figuring things out. And you just kind of laid out, some of your roadmap of what you've had to go through and, and, re and redo. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, I wouldn't do it. I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I mean, you know, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and I said, I had the idea, you know, let's try this. Yeah. I call my POS guy. I sent him a text at five. And, you yeah. know, I call my partners and, you know, I send my partners a text at six. Say, guys, what do you think about this? Yeah. I'm like, Hey, let's give it a shot. You know, what's the worst that's going to happen? We'll fail. You know, and yeah. if you don't, you know, if you don't dig greatly, you know, you don't succeed. It, yeah. You know, what was the demand in the arena thing by uh, Teddy Roosevelt? You know, yeah. The, it's not those cold, timid souls, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that, uh, I think that is, yeah, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. And uh, that, um, that, that, that early morning thing we talked about, I have, the same, I have the same person who's just so amped up and excited. And people often think that people that don't sleep are you know, anxiety-ridden and, and riddled with, with worry. And uh, really, it's, 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 you're excited. Uh, you're, you're amped up. I mean, his name's Carsey, and he, he'll, he'll text me at 2.30. He'll say, you up, and he'll say, yeah, uh, I am now. And then immediately the phone will ring and half hour later, I'll say, Hey, yeah. try talking about this am, but he's so excited. Your excitement is what's getting you and your team through this and partners. Um, it's, I know you're, I know you're, you're in crunch time. You get your bandana on, you're getting ready to do curbside uh, drop off and pick. I'm ready to go. Um, so, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to become curbside, man. Watch me in my next video. <laughs> you're going to see, I'm going to probably make it a drop tomorrow. Yep. Um, you'll get a kick out of it. I hope you like it. So how are, how can people get a hold of you? How can people see your funny videos? Cause your videos on Facebook for me are hysterical, but how do people get a hold of you? How do they order? You know, what, what what's a good time to order? What's a bad time to order? Give, give them the, give everybody give the, inside, the, the, the inside, so lowdown. Of, inside lowdown. Most importantly, you can reach us on our phones at 508-230-8888. We're doing curbside pickup from 11 to eight every day. We're doing delivery with an Easton from 11 to 7:30 every day. Our menu is on our website, mcguiresbarandgrill.com. You click on that, you'll see our menu. The busy times on the phone are really from like 4.30 to 7. If you want to get through, the down times are probably like, you know, 1.30 to 4. Lunch is a little bit busy, but it's easier to get through. We're doing that call ahead ordering 
on a very limited basis right now from two to four. We're working that program through. Um, I've got some other things ready to go, but I, I you know, call in the off hours, our, our Facebook page. You can like us on Facebook to catch our videos. You can like us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram at McGuire's McGuire's B A G. We have a YouTube channel where we post all the videos that we do. So if you want to try and find the videos easy, just go to McGuire's Bar and Grill on YouTube. And, uh, you know, we thank you. We thank the community. It's been a tough time. And uh, without, you know, people like yourself and, and the people that have just been so generous to us, we couldn't pull through. So thanks to everybody out there that helps us out. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's people like you that, that are going to help us all get through this uh, and well-fed. And I'm going to give my plug on your menu because uh, I think I'm, I'm going to give them my inside line. And as people see me on these videos, they know that I have not missed a meal. As a matter of fact, I'm <laughs> down on a meal or two. I like it when I see a guy like you walk through the door, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's magical profit for you on a Friday night. Uh, the honey hots are to die for. It's an appetizer, hot, honey hot chicken tenders. The, uh, the, the uh, clam chowder, and if any of these things I say are not on the menu currently, just let them know, and you got to have them afterwards. Uh, clam chowder in a bread bowl is phenomenal. Uh, I don't think I – you can't get it anywhere. Um, the, the Jimmy A's on white three for three. with light mayo, that's my, that's my, my take on that. Um, and then the lobster club, which is what I'll be ordering for myself this evening with the big, thick-cut bacon on it. And I absolutely dislike sweet potatoes. And they make a sweet potato fry. I didn't realize it. They said, you want the pr- fries? I didn't listen the first time. And I got these orange things. And I was like, what in the hell is this? And I've never wanted to throw food out. And I tried it. And they are phenomenal. The, the uh, sweet potato fries, with they're fantastic. And if by chance, and I'm just saying by chance, you're feeling like you want to be healthy and get something like a salad, the Chop House salad is fantastic. Um, and, and when this place reopens... Uh, the beer is cold. The people are fi- fine to talk to and very friendly and nice. Uh, it is a closed, a sm- small atmosphere, eight, 80 or so folks. Uh, you get some outside seating, which is what we should be looking forward to with the, with the uh, nice warm day. weather to wait. Yeah. Uh, and definitely get there early because when it's back, back open again, I mean, there's a line out the door for people waiting to come down and have this great, comfortable uh, environment. Delivery. Great people. Oh, we got a delivery coming. Delivery uh, out the door. There goes Sammy. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hey, listen, I will be catching up with you later tonight. Thank you so much for making the time and doing the second. I see it's still recording, so that's perfect. It's on my computer. This thing's going live in about 10 minutes. Um, Might be awesome awesome listeners. Thank you so much. Uh, The last Call in, place an order, and you can watch this on your uh, while you're having dinner. Yeah, 100%. Enjoy it. Listen to the podcast on your ride in to pick up your dinner. Uh, We will talk to you soon. Be awesome listeners. Uh, anything that uh, you come up with for an idea someone in the Eastern area that's doing something amazing, has inspiration and attitude like Neil or like Sam had yesterday, that's getting outside the box, not, not letting this take, take the best of them. They're weathering the storm with great people around them. Ping me, hit me up, Josh at beawesome.com. It's B E A U S M. That's what Neil did. He beat me to the punch. Uh, did it last. He uh, emailed me last night. We spoke. We did the podcast today. We had to do a redo, which I'm glad. We did, so you see the bandana. Ratings and reviews on my podcast channel, uh, on any podcast platform, is always greatly appreciated. Send me a note that you did it. I'll send you a T-shirt. Neil, get get the get the curbside delivery, and uh, we will talk to you soon, my friend. Peace out, my brother. Thank you. Be awesome.